Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. And I'm in the now. And it don't take no x-ray to see right through my smile. I know. I'll be on the go. It ain't no drink out there that can numb my soul. Oh, no. All we want to do is take the chains off. All we want to do is break the chains off. All we want to do is be free. All we want to do is be free. All we want to do is take the chains off. All we want to do is break the chains off. All we want to do is be free. All we want to do is Can you tell me why? Every time I step outside, I see my niggas die. Oh, I'm letting you know that it ain't no gun they make that can kill my soul. Welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross, as we start with the J. Cole intro for our longtime truth seekers out there listening. Y'all always understand that when we start with the J. Cole Be Free intro, it's obviously another unfortunate, tragic loss that's been Paid attention to across the nation. Hashtag George Floyd. Also recently, hashtag Maude Arbery. Hashtag Breonna Taylor. The list can go on. But unfortunately, we're here again. Unfortunately. I wanted to obviously start the show again a little different. But in reference to everything that's going around the country, I wanted to share before I introduce Latrice and our special guest for this morning's discussion, I wanted to share a few words in reference to everything else in addition to those tragic losses that's going around the country in 2020. Days we probably thought or hoped we would not see again, but we are here again, if you will. Let me share these words, and we'll get this show started um, in a sense, probably get our guest as well as Latrice's thoughts in, in reference to this, and then we'll get started on this morning's discussion. I think America must see that riots do not develop out of thin air. Certain conditions continue to exist in our society, which must be condemned as vigorously as we condemn riots. But in the final analysis, a riot is the language of the unheard. And what is it that America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear that the plight of the Negro poor has worsened over the last few years. It has failed to hear that the promises of freedom and justice have not been met. 
and it has failed to hear that large segments of white society are more concerned about tranquility than the status quo than about justice, equality, and humanity. And so, in a real sense, our nation's summers of riots are caused by our nation's winters of delay. And as long as America postpones justice, we stand in the position of having these reoccurrences of violence and riots over and over again. Social justice and progress are the absolute guarantees of riot prevention. Famous words said by Martin Luther King. And I'll just simply say this and we'll I'll introduce my guest. If Dr. Martin Luther King is not didn't disparage those based on what you just heard, who are we in twenty twenty to disparage the frustration that our young are dealing with because we in this generation Unfortunately, in my opinion, have left them a world in which they need to riot. I'm not saying this in support. I am saying this in reference to there is an ongoing issue that has yet to be stopped in reference to policing and things of that nature. And ultimately, I understand whether I agree or not. I understand. And with that ongoing issue, let us not divide at the reaction to the action is my thought. Latrice, thank you as always, Queen, for being with us this morning. If you will, Queen, I'll let you address the obvious, and then we'll introduce our guests and get her thoughts as well. Dr. Rosalind Akers Black is with us this morning. Um, so if you will, Queen, I'll go ahead and let you, you know, give some thoughts. But we just had to open with everything that we were experiencing in around the country um, before we get into this morning's discussion, which is still very relatable to what's going on. But obviously we're going to, you know, get into some other aspects of how our community deals with these things in addition to what we're seeing currently. Go ahead, Queen. Thank you for being with us. Latrice, it's hard to hear you, so I'm I'm assuming it's hard for the listeners to hear you. So I don't know. It's, Is that it's real muffled. Just to, okay, now you're coming through clear. Go ahead, Queen. Okay. Um. Good morning. Happy to be here again. Um. It's been a um a trying week to say the least with all of the events going on um, as it relates to inequities in our country. Um. I'm in a, I guess, a, a pensive, introspective kind of mood today. So the topic is, um, I guess, you know, hopefully I'll be able to contribute positively to the topic with regard to your opening, um, powerful, necessary. Um, and I'd just like to say that um, while I don't condone a lot of what we see on the news, I do completely understand and um, it saddens me to see so many of my people disparaging without, without even attempting to understand um, the why behind what's happening. Um, sometimes we sit in our nice, comfortable homes that we've acquired with our nice jobs, um, and we forget that there are people living in poverty and injustice on the front lines every day. 
because we've become so far removed, we think, from those types of incidents. Well, absolutely. Um, to introduce our special guest, again, Dr. Rosalind Akers-Black, um, if you will, Queen, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I know you've been touched by this experience almost from the other side of it. I want people to hear uh, unfor- you know, the unfortunate aspect of what your family has experienced in reference to uh, specifically the riots here in Atlanta. Uh, what we do specialize here on Mental Dialogue is bringing both sides to the table. Um, in this scenario, it's just happenstance that, unfortunately, you've been touched by this tragedy on the other side. Your feelings may be quite different than mine and Latrice's. We welcome that if that is the case. Uh, I definitely think people need to hear what it's like to be on the other side of it, having, again, a family business touched by this tragedy. So if you will, Queen, say hello to the Truth Seekers. We'll start there, and then we'll kind of wrap up with you and get started with this morning's discussion. But thank you, Queen, for being on the show. Uh, Glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me to be on the show to discuss this very important topic um, at such a time as this. You know, as I watched the news last night and as I hung up the phone with my sister who her um, salon was vandalized last night on Peachtree Street in Atlanta, and I'm here in the D.C. metro area, so knowing that I couldn't get there to, to ensure that she was safe, to ensure that my brother-in-law was safe, to ensure that my nephew was safe, and the mere fact that they were standing there guarding their business, screaming, it's black-owned, um, made me feel a bit, of, a, a bit of a way last night at 3 in the morning was the... Um, Last conversation that I had with her, she's like, we're still just cleaning up. We're cleaning up what people are doing outside. And while I do understand why we are rioting, while I do understand the need to express ourselves, I think we have to be a bit more strategic in how we go about doing things. Um, You know, I just, just listening to my sister this morning who was in fear last night for her family, trying to protect her business, and knowing all that she does for the community of Atlanta, it was just a very hard pill to swallow. And on the flip side of that, working with individuals who are um, completely affected by you know, poverty, low SES, you know, things of this nature, who feel that hopeless, helpless feeling, who have been in situations where they've felt powerless because they have been pulled over by cops for no reason at all just because of the color of their skin. I get it. I get it. And as a professional, I'm a clinical psychologist for for your audience, um, as a professional that deals with people's um, emotions and to help others try to manage their emotions in an effective way um, to what is considered normal so that society can accept them, I get it. I completely get it. And it's just very hard because on the one hand, 
who my sister and her husband, they're going to be okay. They have insurance. They can rebuild. They're they're going to be okay. But for the CVS down the street that was burned down to where people in that community have to go get their prescriptions who may not have, you know, another way around to, to, to get their medicine, you know, you you really have to start thinking about things like that and mm-hmm. was the riot, mm-hmm. what what is that going to serve in this moment? And I get the idea of, you know, economically burning it all down. I get that idea. I understand that idea. But when you do it in your own community where those people are living day-to-day just like you, just because they have a business does not mean that they um, are well-to-do or or that they are um, in a higher bracket, to, bracket than you. Most, I mean, if you know anything about entrepreneurship, you know that Absolutely. you don't work, you don't eat. <laughs> so, you, so after coming off of COVID-19, you know, and surviving that, right, surviving mm-hmm. this pandemic of being shut down, to also have to deal with the riot on top of that. The Too pain much. is is immeasurable. I mean, you just can't even mm-hmm. you can't even try to like figure it all out in one moment. Like my sister told me this morning, she is just numb. She's just numb. Right. You know, and so we you know, when I try to think about it from her perspective, trying to guard your livelihood. It's a hard pill to swallow your, this morning. Your livelihood and your life. That's what that's what touched me in in listening to you explain this again and, and it's so unfortunate that and we do and I and I'm again glad that we're hearing it from both sides of it. Again, myself and Latrice say we understand the frustration. Even you saying I understand the frustration, but to hear it firsthand and when you said to me you know, we're out there, in a sense, guarding the business, but their lives is at danger while doing that. Um, yeah. That's the spark part that speaks to me. Uh, I can't imagine, as you say, her feeling numb is probably the best coping that you know mechanism that she has is to be numb to it all. Um, because as I listen to you, I, for her, and again, this is your sister, um, and, and again, all of these are, the inherent damages, while frustration understood, these are the collateral damages of sparking it to this degree. And that's just a reality, um, and and we had to speak to it. Uh, we're going to get into this morning's discussion question again. It is still in line with this scenario, this situation, again, um, this is the mental dialogue talk show. I don't always say this aspect, uh, but we are very intentional when we say mental dialogue, meaning if you can, if we can help you with the conversation inside your own head, you will be better. Therefore, our community will be better. And so, this morning's discussion is a, a reference in how we even contend and deal with all of these things. Um, in reference to the not only the scenarios happening, but specifically the videos themselves that lead to the level of frustration that we're seeing now. Uh, I, a couple of weeks ago, just to just bring this to the table and bring it to head, 
I, I mentioned, unfortunately, during the Ahmad Arbery situation, I did a video saying, in my opinion, why it is best, in a sense, that we, if we have, if we are able to, to not see and watch these videos. That's one perspective, um, uh, and it has nothing to do with, you know, spreading it around and getting the word out to be able to get justice for Ahmad. Please don't equate when I say the watching of the video means I'm not saying spread the word or get it out. Uh, getting, you know, which will require the video being shown and being seen. So I'm not naive to that, but I wanted to get in particular with this morning's discussion question. Should we watch or avoid the videos of us being killed? Um, guest co-host Latrice Ross, special guest, Dr. Rosalind Aker-Black, clinical psychologist, we're going to go to a quick break. We got a caller already looking to get in. We will definitely open up the calls, but we are, I will say, we are going to go in this direction, getting into the aspects of what happens as we watch or avoid watching. I know others who are like myself who avoid watching. So you out there, you may watch. You may think it's necessary to see them. Uh, whatever your opinion, we want it both ways. We're going to go to this commercial. When we be back, when we come back, we're going to get started with this morning's discussion. Should we watch or avoid videos of blacks being killed? This is the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think. Big Sis Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com 404-465-4348 Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com Call them at 404-465-4348 I don't have no more tears, honestly. I've cried enough. I've cried enough. I'm here for one reason. For my brother's honor. He was murdered in broad daylight for the world to see. We, as black men, we've seen a lot of stuff as far as murders and people being taken from us. Mm -hmm. Right? True. But now, not only has it been seen by us and our brothers, but it's been seen by our children now. So I'm sitting there. Watching this, and my daughter, my daughter tells me, Dad, I can't leave you. Because I've seen what happened to your friend, and I think you need me. My daughter's six years old. For my daughter to see that and tell me that I need her at six, Imagine what I what the pain and the frustration is in my mind right now. Welcome back to the Mitchell Dialogue Talk Show. 
I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, special guest co-host, Latrice Ross. Our special guest is Dr. Ross. Um, thank you, Queen, for being with us as we just hear a cut from Stephen Jackson, uh, former NBA player, uh, sports analyst, as he basically landed on the spot in Minnesota. Um, and for those who know of him or don't know of him, um, unfortunately, George Floyd, he basically referred to him as twins. They they basically looked alike. Um, seems like, from what I could tell, had a, a relationship prior to this happening. So, uh, so he took it upon himself to assist that community, and you hear him speaking um, publicly um, in reference to how he personally feels, and it's the things that he said that resonates to this morning's discussion question, and we're going to start with you, Dr. Roz. Should we watch or avoid videos of blacks being killed, as you hear Stephen Jackson say, murdered in front of all our eyes? And the unique thing about having you on, Dr. Roz, is, uh, you know, your sister made the point of contact last week. I, ri- I originally did not plan to have you on this early, but I just so happened to see you on Facebook expressing your own um, distress mm-hmm. with having seen the video. And you and I had mm-hmm. a little back and forth, and I just kind of said to you, hey, this is why I typically recommend that we don't watch them based on, you know, what you were experiencing. And your response was, I t-. And so you, even yeah. as a professional, were touched and moved by the seeing of this video. So to get directly into this discussion, of, again, as we hear what a Stephen Jackson, how he felt, and he makes a beautiful reference, what our children have seen, and, and, and now bringing it to head with you experiencing it, again, even as a professional, what it felt like for you. I'm just going to drop it off right there, Queen, and just kind of let you start with, again, a lot of context to get started specifically with the seeing of these videos for our community, what it will, in your opinion, from what you've seen, um, just speak to that, if you will, Queen. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I, I typically do not watch my people get murdered. I just do not. That's not um, a picture that I, I want to keep replaying in my head. But for some reason, I have no idea why I was compelled to watch the murder of George Floyd. And after I watched it, my soul was in turmoil. I could not sleep, and I was restless. And I I think it was the combination of everything that happened on that Monday, from um, Carolyn in the park um, escalating that that a black man was trying to attack her and her dog. I just think that I was just so frustrated. And for myself, I don't even know why I ingested that. Because here's the truth. Observed trauma is real. It may not happen directly to you, but it can still affect you. And so for me, I believe in protecting my peace at all costs. And I know that how I process things, and that's the unique difference because I've been trained to process hard things. I've been trained to process trauma. If you have not been trained to do those things and you do not know your coping mechanisms, how you will react to trauma, I don't advise anybody to watch any of these horrific things that are taking place. You know, people say, well, you can watch it on the movie, but that, that's not real. That's not real when we see, you know, violence in a movie. That's not real. 
But when it's a, when it's a real thing, like George Floyd becoming unconscious because an officer has his knee on his neck and other people are out there begging for the officer to get up, that to me the hardest part was him crying for his mother. And I think that is what broke me down. And then I think the other piece to that was to hear the bystanders crying but knowing that if they even stepped in to try to help, then their life was also in jeopardy. So just understanding how helpless and powerless that they may have felt in that moment and the trauma that they are going to deal with, you know, so many years down the line if they don't get professional help to process it. So I, I don't encourage people to, to watch us being killed. And it's happening so regularly now that, um, I mean, it's almost like you can't avoid it. Like at, at one point I just had to shut down the TV and had to shut down social media because you re-traumatize yourself every time you are ingesting this information in. And, again, if you do not have a trauma plan of care, which most people do not, most people do not know how to take care of themselves after they've been traumatized. And that's not a slight on people. That's just reality because trauma is going to happen to everyone, right? And none of us really know how to uh, really deal with it. And so then then you find, and, and this is why we have such a high concentration of self-medication in our community because people, and, and J. Cole said it perfectly, there's not a a drink, you know, bad enough to kind of numb my soul in the song that you you had just played. And it's so true, but because we are trying to escape, we're trying to escape that anxiety. We're trying to escape that selflessness. We're trying to escape that hopelessness. You know, we start self-medicating, whether it's with, you know, substance abuse, alcohol, drugs, you know, whether it's with sex, whether it's with anything, we try to numb that pain. And unfortunately, we have to, we have to protect our peace at all costs. We have to. Because it will affect you, and I, you know, I'll be honest with you, and it, and I don't mean to turn this into a race bait, but I was discussing with my friends last night. I haven't been able to talk to white people all week. My spirit is not right, and I know that what I may say may not be beneficial for them or myself. And you know, and and I think we have to get into a place of where we know ourselves enough to know what we can deal with because the truth of the matter is we were still on Zoom calls this week. We were still working, going into the office this week with this weighing heavy on our hearts. And and our workplace isn't a safe space for us to, you know, express how we feel because at the end of the day we still have to protect our livelihood, right? And we can't mm-hmm. be seen as the angry black man or the angry black woman. You know, but we're still having to to get ourselves together in the morning to go to work after we've witnessed such tragedy, after we've heard such tragedy. We have to change our whole mindset about how we leave the house in the morning before we even go into work. And I'll give you a prime example. This happened a couple of years ago, but um, there was there was this black guy who um, 
killed the cop here in the D.C. here in D.C. And the car that he drove, my friend also drove the same car and looked to have fit the description. And so that day he had to make a decision that I'm going to take public transportation because I need to make sure I'm safe. And when I really thought about that, what we have to do to prepare ourselves on an everyday basis to make sure that we are safe. I just don't think other other ethnicities have to think about that. And it, and we're 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 exhausted before we even leave our houses to go to work. And so to even to to keep watching that, we're traumatizing ourselves. We're traumatizing ourselves and we have to we have to ensure that we are mentally in the best space that we can be in when we step out in this world. So that's that's why I typically do not like to watch these videos because I need to make sure that I am mentally prepared and that I am mentally in a good place to take on everyday life. Absolutely, Queen. Um, In making the recommendations, I will tell everyone listening, I have not seen this video. Um, I've years ago had to make that same decision. I, I, I think... This was not the last video. It was definitely one of the last ones that I've watched, which has been years ago with um, um, Eric Garner being choked out um, in a similar fashion. Um, And you just really hit home with me when you talked about going into work. At that time, I was still working, uh, you know, for a company versus working for myself. And I remember going in distraught about Eric Garner and literally being triggered to no end because I Set and worked in a cubicle type situation, and nobody even knew about it. it, it the fact that mm-hmm. they did not know and did not care, whites and blacks included. Um, I, you know, and it's not that I was necessarily, you know, in, in the position I was in. You know, you know, I mean, I, mean, I probably wasn't fair to them, if you will. You know what I mean? I don't know what their mm-hmm. previous evening included, but at the time, with the way that I was feeling, I was devastated and made it known that I am mm. bothered and said the name out mm. loud. You don't know this name. I have a problem today. So I, I yeah. understand the decision, as you say, in a sense, know what you can deal with, who you can t- contend with. I appreciate, you know, just even in myself, not being in those circumstances, having to get up and go to work, seeing video or not. These are these are reruns. I don't have to see them to still feel the contention, um, if you will. We actually are up against uh, an, another break. This is not particularly a break as much as it is a cut that uh, will take our show um, in the direction as, as as far as how this goes uh, for our culture. The callers, we are going to get to you. Um, Latrice, again, I thank you for being with us, Queen. Uh, as you as you mentioned, you, um, you know, you mentioned this may not be an easy show for you to get through. So I'm pretty sure you're okay. Uh, we'll definitely get some of your thoughts coming out of this. But again, this thought that we're this this cut that I'm about to play, if you will, um, again, um, very critical to culturally, in addition to our individual situations, but from a cultural standpoint. Um, I, I want to break down where we're going to go with this conversation. To the two callers that are out there, 
we will get to you uh, as we can. We're just getting through this show as best we can. All right? The Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Complicit in, in maintaining this notion that this is what you are. Uh, everything from, and it's so interesting because it, it shows itself over and over in film. Yes. You know, what, what do we reward? We reward the images that we have projected. We're not going to reward the image of a noble, you know, aspiring man of African descent, but we will re- reward a pimp, a hustler, a criminal, and we're not going to reward a noble, beautiful, moral, healthy black woman. Hence, precious. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to again reward you to perpetuate the images that we need you to continue to have of yourself, and then we'll also continue to justify for white people why it always is this this way. Do you see? Yeah. So education has, you know, while we have, you know, Carter G. Woodson made it very clear that we were miseducated. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, he, he had, he didn't have any more words to say than miseducated because we could put a whole lot more than miseducated on that. We were miseducated. We were dehumanized. We were brainwashed. We were beaten into submission. We were uh, victimized by learned helplessness. All of those things would feed into that miseducation. And so when we look at the residual impact of that, when we look at what does that do to a people, it, you begin to question your fundamental self. And when you have detached that person from their culture, again, we had to be very careful to have to destroy all of the African roots from which we came, the rituals, the, the customs, the, uh, the practices that built village and community. We, we, we were, those things were severed as well as the language. And what we understand now based on data that has been collected in contemporary society, that severing people from their culture is tantamount to the death of the self completely. The yeah. death of the culture is tantamount to the death of the self. Could you say that again, please? That when you destroy the links that a people have, any people, with their culture, you destroy them. Because it is by far more important the ideas of community and family and, and custom that make up what we call culture far more important than any, any physical disaster that can happen to a people because you remove them from the essence of who they are. And in the words of, of, of Randall Robinson, that the worst thing that you can do to a people is to rob them of the memory of themselves. And so if you don't know who you are, you most certainly can't figure out where you're going, which is what we're seeing. And in addition to that, uh, what we have folded into that. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Patrice Ross. Our special guest is Dr. Ross. As we hear a cut, again, you cannot get into the psychology of what's going on in our community without a cut from Dr. DeGruy. Uh, much respect to that queen for what you just heard. I, I think it plays an inevitable role in 
um, is you gave the, in a sense, the professional version of why you recommend, uh, in a sense, avoiding these Trump traumatic videos, if you will. Uh, I got into a discussion a couple of weeks ago, as I mentioned earlier, uh, when I put out the video of saying, here's why I suggested our community get away from these videos, in particular at the time the Ahmad Arbery was the video that was, uh, in a sense, the, the drink of choice, unfortunately, if you will, during this tragic time. And so I got some a lot of pushback of why would you say that people need to see it, people need to be informed, and 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 even those that were giving pushback, maybe you know wasn't necessarily understanding completely what I was talking about. Um, but one of the same people that I, that was going back and forth with me initially, I ended up speaking with him a week later, and we entered, entered that discussion again. And I said, here's the psychology of what I'm concerned about. And once he heard that perspective. Even he agreed, and he had been one of the biggest, in a sense, detractors of me originally, saying, "Don't watch these videos." And and then, especially once he under, he agreed, understood, I wasn't saying not to spread it so that people wouldn't be informed. Once he understood that nuance, we kind of already mm-hmm. got on the same page anyway. Um, but as I broke down more of the psychology of how we received those videos, videos versus others. That And that's the key point, and we'll jump into this. The key point of what you just heard for anybody out there listening, and I definitely want your thoughts on it, Dr. Raj, but as I hear Dr. DeGroo speak to our history, how we were removed from culture, the point for me, and I definitely want your thoughts on this, is it's impossible for us to watch the videos like others based on the passed down trauma of what Dr. DeGruy mm-hmm. just pointed out. So it's going to be different for us regardless. That's part of the issue, in my opinion. Thank you again so much for being on. Your thoughts, Queen, and I'll get Latrice's, and we'll get to y'all on the phones. Y'all just keep holding. We're coming. Um, go ahead, Dr. Ross. No, that that um, excerpt was excellent. And I think here is the difference. And like you said, when we watch these videos, for other cultures, they see empathy. For us, it's trauma. Big difference. Big difference. You know, because it's our life. It's what we live. We can't get away from it. We can't get away from it. And I was trying to explain this to um, a couple of my friends in terms of this idea of you can feel something but if you're if you're not living it, you're not really having a lived-in experience of it, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like being mm-hmm. on the outside looking in. You can feel a mm-hmm. certain way. So you can, you can be empathic. You can be empathic all day long. But if you're not having to worry about, will I make it home tonight? Is something going to happen to me? Or even, I, I mean, I have trauma now. Even if I'm driving and a cop pulls, it's, it's close to me. Yes. Like, I'm like, that's traumatic for me because I'm like, am I speeding? It, uh, you know, and, and all these things, you uh-huh. know, you, you have everything. Like, I'm not riding dirty. Am I good? Am I okay? You know, do I look uh-huh. like I'm not going to um, <laughs> be an issue? Like, don't even look in their direction because then you don't want them focus, laser focused on you. You know, it, it hey, the, is. And the worst thing um, is if you take a turn and they turn with you. They, they're not studying you, but when they turn with you, it goes even higher. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Queen. It's just, you know, just no, it's, it's rem- so living those moments. I just had that moment a week ago. So I, I, when they turn, yeah. it becomes even bigger. But go ahead, Queen. 
it, it, it is a terrifying feeling because you're like, am I going to be okay? Like, are they having a good day today that is, so it's not going to impact my day? Mm-hmm. And and that's a terrifying feeling to be in. That's a, and, and if you've never experienced that, Elizabeth, and I'll be and here's the honest to goodness truth. Even as a black woman, I don't really understand what it is for a black man. And we're in the same culture. But it's very different for you guys than it is for us. You know, there was um, a situation that happened where my husband was pulled over only because he looked, the, the lame excuse of you fit the description. And I was heated. And I just happened to be behind him, and um, so I pulled over with him. And so I'm questioning the cops, like, why would you pull my husband over? And they're like, ma'am, get back and all this stuff. You know, because mm-hmm. I, I'm from small-town Rome, Georgia, where mm-hmm. I literally did trust that police <laughs> protect and serve mm-hmm. because it's a mm-hmm. small town. I grew up with everyone, right? That so was I, your kinda, experience. I knew their family. That was my experience. And I did not have the experience of knowing that cops could be dirty. I just didn't have that experience. And it was right when I um, I had only been living here in the D.C. metro area for a couple of years at that point. And my husband is telling me, my husband has never told me to, to shut up. And he's, <laughs> he's, he's whispering, and he's like, shut up. And I'm looking at him mm-hmm. like, what? <laughs> what are you right. talking like, that, That's his form of protection. Like, yeah, he's protecting yeah. you right now, and you don't, un- you, because of your experience, you don't get it, you don't understand <laughs> it. And, and you're actually touched by the fact that he used the word shut up in the moment. Like, like I'm trying to right. help you, and you're telling me to shut up? Like, this is a twofold of com- complete right. confusion for you. Go ahead, Queen. It com- completely. And I'm looking at him like, are you kidding me right now? We don't talk to each other like that. Like, he had never told me to shut up before. Like, that, right. that's just not, we, we don't have those kind of conversations. So I'm looking at him, so I'm mad at him now at this point. And then when we get home, when, um, you know, he's released from the situation, when he realized he wasn't a threat or whatnot, when we get home, he's like, don't you ever in your life do that again? And, like, we really had to have a conversation about that because for right. me, I was like, no, we can we can talk about I mean, that. And and my father was very active in my hometown. And he was like, they do not care about Ron Aker here in D.C. That may have flown in Rome, Georgia, where they know your daddy, but they don't know him here, <laughs> and they could care less. And it was it was such an eye-opener for me because here we are, with both of us are black, but two totally different experiences. Two those yes. totally different experiences of how we experience cops. Two totally different experiences. And in that moment, I realized, I realized even as a black woman, that even I could only be empathetic, but it wasn't my lived-in experience. Experience. You were, you were basically queen of a, in the movie Slim and Queen. You were queen. Let me jump yes. out. Let me help. Let me protect yeah, uh, and Absolutely. I'm gonna say this as a as a black man to further the 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 lived experience. Here's an aspect as well. So he's telling you to shut up, uh, not only in the protection of you know getting out of that moment, if you will, but here's something else in the in the event that the situation, luckily for y'all, it did not. But in the event of mm-hmm. the situation going awry, 
Here's the other aspect of that protection because, again, you have now learned in the future, don't even get out of the car, right? You understand it after you and your yeah. husband have had that conversation. But, you know, again, yeah. you know, it wasn't like y'all could prepare for it. He didn't know that that would come up. But, of course, he's being forceful because here's something else that I will ask our sisters to understand uh, when, when we, we as men say this right here. Here's the other aspect and I'm, I'm going to bring Queen and Slim in for those who've seen that movie. Here's the other aspect. As a man, our protection would be as much as it is to y'all nature to nurture and protect us. That has been the history, our experience, everything Dr. DeGruy has just spoke about in that cut. It is the experience for our black women to want to save us because of mm-hmm. the very understanding you just said. Y'all know it is sometimes harder for us. But I will ask y'all to listen to what I am about to say as a black man. No way, especially if we are married, am I okay with both of us losing our lives. If it's going to be somebody, yeah. it needs to be me. I married you as a as a as my life partner to carry on. So as much as you would want to save me in the moment, my protection of you is I may do what I need to. It may go bad for me, but you are required. I married you because I know you would be capable in the event of my demise. So do not protect yeah. me. Now our children have lost two parents. That is my role and my role only. I respect and understand y'all need to want to do it, but if you cannot hear me loud and clear, it is not your role, and that's why he used a talk to you in a tone you had never heard before. If I, 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 I think I can get out of this situation, but if I cannot, I need you to report what the hell happened and get home yep. to our children in the event that this does not go well. Or maybe I get taken to jail inappropriately and you don't go with me so you can get me out immediately. There's so many things that can fall, and I ask that our sisters, as much as y'all love us, allow us to protect you. I, I didn't know I was going to go there, but the scenario brought it to the table, <laughs> and so that's where we're at with it. Um, Latrice, I'm definitely going to let you jump in and we're going to go to the callers for the other callers that are out there if you're not familiar with the platform you do have to press one to let us know that you want to speak i definitely got a couple of callers that have been on hold for a while we are coming to you um latrice i know you've kind of sit been sitting back taking it all in um any thoughts before we go to the callers um you can go ahead and go to the callers i'll share my thoughts all right sounds good Um, as a matter of fact, as I'm, as, I'm, as I'm producing this show, unfortunately, we are up against um, this next break. So, Carla, I promise you, you will be first out of this break. Uh, we're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask 
is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, Pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go, and everywhere I be, be, I don't even talk, talk, they still know it's me, cause I look like money, smell like money, talk like money. Welcome back to the Vince Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, special guest co-host, Latrice Ross. Should we watch or avoid videos of blacks being killed? Is this morning's discussion question question with special guest Dr. Ross. We have a caller wants to get in. Area code four zero four last three five four seven. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good morning. Um, I'm calling from Atlanta, and. Um, Thank you for having this conversation. Uh, I follow Mental Dialogue on both uh, Facebook platforms. And, and to be quite honest, it's time for something to be had and said about um, the watching of these videos. Um, as Dr. Royce, uh, excuse me, Dr. Rosalind brought up earlier, um, I totally agree. It is traumatizing. I personally have not watched any. Uh, of the current videos that are out since uh, Philando Castile. I just, after watching that video, it just, <laughs> I personally was traumatized for a couple of months. It took me a while to even um, just process it and figure out why it happened, what happened, what could have happened. I do believe the continual watching of these types of videos, especially for our younger generation, um, they do not have the mental dexterity or fortitude at a certain age to be able to even process what is going on um, to handle, as Dr. Robinson said before, the trauma that comes from and is continual. Because it's on social media and on Instagram and your Facebook and on Twitter and you can go to every news outlet and it's, it's continual. So this video is being played over and over and over and over again. Um, it, it takes a toll on your ability to even be able to process the information at a certain age. Development of the brain hasn't even completed, you know, when some of these children are watching these videos, you know, your, your mm-hmm. adolescents and, and preteens and um, even into uh, up until about the age of 21, it takes time for them to even be able to understand the trauma that comes from, you know, watching these types of videos. So, I totally agree. I have not watched the video. I will not watch this video. Um, It's been so difficult for the last week to even go to work, as she said, preparing myself. And I'm working from home right now, so I'm still immersed in 
the trauma of it all, and at the same time, I'm having to work on my computer and talk to people that I know, you know, white people, <laughs> let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want mm-hmm. the LOL behind your emails this week, you know. I don't want that. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear that. I don't want to be a part of that right now because nothing is funny to me right now. So I'm in the stage where, yes, I've had a trauma plan in place for years uh, due to previous trauma, so I know how to handle the trauma. Um, but following COVID and now going into this, it's so much going on, and I think mentally we're going to need a lot of, of, of help. We're going to need a lot of counseling. I think just in our community itself, we already need that. Um, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's just it's a lot. It's a lot to process and a lot going on. So thank you for having absolutely. the conversation. No, and absolutely. Then, yeah. well, say, say your name again, Queen, if you will. Uh, I'm going to keep you on real quick um, and have Dr. Roz respond to some of what you said. But say your name again real quick, Queen. Uh, um, it's Nisha. Okay, Nisha, okay, absolutely. Um, here's one thing I heard, and Dr. Roz, obviously jump in. I, I heard you kind of, uh, you know, kind of agreeing with some of you know, what you were saying. Um, the one thing that I heard and I would love for people to hear is, as this queen said, her, she's still having to contend with it, and she absolutely chooses not to see the video as myself. So it's, a, it's an aspect of understand we, we, they, we are – traumatized to the degree that she's still having to go through it, as she said, having techniques that she knows how to use. She's still having to do it, having not seen the video. Love the reference to the young people, but here's a reality, and I'm pretty sure Dr. Roz might even agree with this. Here's the reality. As humans, we are not conditioned to ever see tragic deaths. That it, our brains are not mm-hmm. conditioned mm-hmm. for that. We we can deal mm-hmm. with a pleasant death, uh, you know, being by the death of you know by the bedside of someone that we care about that's elderly. That's already something we understand. We process it. While hurtful, it is not traumatic. So even as adults, uh, we are not prepared to see traumatic death. That's why you see soldiers experiencing peak, um, post you know post traumatic um, PTSS. That soldiers because we are not. As humans, we are not prepared to process traumatic deaths. Death. So absolutely, when you get to children whose brains are not developed, if it's an issue for us as adults, only imagine what it's like for a six-year-old daughter, as we heard Stephen Jackson mention earlier in the show, having to explain about her wanting to now protect him, which we've already had the you know, the quick segue and why that's completely backwards anyway. Go ahead, Dr. Roz. Thank you, Nisha, for the call. No, I'm so, so grateful that she brought up that piece because that not understanding the biological aspects of how we develop is real. So I am so great, so grateful. I, I think you said Nisha or Misha. I couldn't really hear. Correct. But I'm so yeah, grateful Nisha, correct. that you brought that to the forefront because here's the truth. We as black people have to understand, well, we as a people, just have to understand how trauma really affects us. And so what you were speaking of, Misha, was this idea of our frontal lobe. And so can I get a little biological? I apologize. Is it okay? No, no, no. This, no, this is that show. We, 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 we do, oh. I got the most intelligent audience in all of radio, so they will understand you, actually. This is that type of show. Please go deeper. Okay. All right. Thank you. So when we're born, we're born with four lobes. Three are developed, one is, one is not, which is our frontal lobe. And so that is the prefrontal cortex of our brain. And so what takes place in our frontal lobe is our executive functioning. So I, I like to explain that 
um, in our frontal lobe, it's like the receptionist for our body. So what do we know about the receptionist of a workplace? She or he knows everything that's going on. They make everything happen. The receptionist is the gatekeeper to all the other people, right? So that is what our frontal lobe does. It controls our emotions. It controls um, our temperament. It controls how we process information. It's very important. And like Isha said, it does not it does not fully develop until we are at least 25. It does not fully develop. So you hear the adage that uh, wisdom comes with age. It's because of the frontal lobe. That's, that's what's, it's our executive functioning. That is what is driving um, us in functioning in this world and telling us how to behave and how to process the world. So when we see trauma at such a young age, our brain gets retarded to that age. Does that make sense? So if you see trauma at yes, six. Yes, no, it does. It makes, makes perfect sense. Go ahead, Queen. Your brain is retarded to processing that trauma still as a six-year-old. So when people are like, you know, like a 50-year-old that sometimes act like they're still 15 years old, mm-hmm. right? We, we, we may have some of those people in our family, you know. I bet you if you go back and examine what has take what took place in their lives, it'll tell the whole story of their current behavior. And so when we don't know how trauma will affect our brains or what it will do to us, or teratogens, we call it teratogens, these harmful effects, which replaying a traumatic situation is a harmful effect. Because you're right, it is unnatural to see tragedy. It is unnatural to see those things. And if you don't know how to process it, it does lead to these um, post-traumatic stress syndromes that people are experiencing. And sometimes people don't even realize that that's what they're dealing with. And they just, you know, take it as like I'm crazy. You know, I keep having Mm -hmm. these recurring thoughts. I keep having these recurring dreams, like something is wrong with me, but I can't control it. Or or I have these uh, aggressive impulses. Or what we really don't talk about in mental health is the depression that comes with trauma. Mm-hmm. So we have, I look, and and it's and it's sadly, you know, this is part of the reason why I became a psychologist because I was like, my my people need me because there are stories out here that are being told about my people that are not true, and so Correct. you may see a little black boy that's acting out, and he may look like he's oppositionally defiant. He may look like he has conduct disorder. He may look like he has like all of these behavioral issues where it may just be depression that's mimicking ADHD and ODD and conduct disorder. And so not understanding what trauma may have caused that depression can can lead this person to being treated for something that they totally don't need to be treated for. It's not treating the core issue of what's going on mm. with the individual. And so it I, I, I get real... Um, Passionate, so I apologize. I get real passionate. No, you don't. don't please don't apologize. No, 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 no. <laughs> please don't apologize. Uh, as you said, your reason for getting into this, and we still know, even with you doing it, our community doesn't get enough of this. So to be the yeah. place where we're doing this conversation, 
please get passionate. Please go deep. I appreciate it. I appreciate Nisha, our caller, for even sparking that part of the conversation uh, of speaking of brain development um, in reference to our children and even us as adults. Um, Nisha, thank you. Excellent three cents as always. Uh, you definitely have been a supporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you for calling in. We are at the top of the hour, everyone. So we're going to go to um, Square Business Entertainment, one of our sponsors. Again, as deep as this conversation is, uh, I, I wanted to play this cut from a Taylor Pace. Uh, some of you have heard it in the past, and it's called Flowers, and it's an aspect, as much as trauma that we are experiencing, it is a reminder to, in a sense, we hear this term quite often now, give me my flowers while we're here, and um, this is a cut that just kind of reminds us to, in a sense, do that. Um, even at times like this, we definitely want to, in a sense, remember our our loved ones while they're here, uh, versus these tra- strategic uh, these tr- um, these these tragic moments, if you will. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. We'll get to the other callers coming out of this break. Hey, dog. I mean, it's crazy how it's been like a year since Big Brother died. Yeah, I know. Like, like another black man. Killed by the police, unarmed. Man, I know. Can't believe they did him like that. Mm-hmm. I never got the chance to make it right with him. That goes into what he always used to say, right? He used to always be like, appreciate the people that's around you while they're around because you never know. They may not be there, man. Yeah. Hey, what was that handshake you taught us? I'm trying to remember. I think it was. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leg. 
This is the epitome of completely unnecessary. It is excessive. It is egregious. And as far as I'm concerned, every black man in America knows that that police officer should have been arrested the day he was fired. He should have been put in handcuffs along with those officers. Of course, he should be charged with murder. Of course, those officers should be charged as well. Not just the two officers that were leaning on his legs, on George Floyd's legs, but the other officer who was standing around watching out as folks walked by and he was talking to those individuals, keeping them at bay when they were informing the police officers. The man said he cannot breathe. He was crying. He was calling for his mother. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, should we watch or avoid videos of blacks being killed? Uh, my co-host, Latrice Ross, she, like myself, um, just hearing about it is troubling. I have not watched the video. She has not watched the video. We have long been advocates of telling our community to, in a sense, avoid the videos. If you're just now tuning in, please do not fuse that with the idea of spreading the word in the event of legal conviction. So do not confuse that concept, but just the aspect of being able to, unfortunately, share trauma, because I think we're hearing that from our special guest, uh, Dr. Rosalind Akers-Black, uh, or Dr. Re- uh, actually known as Dr. Roz. Uh, she's breaking down the aspects of how it is not in our best interest, based on our historical context of being those who experienced this firsthand. We're not outside looking in. It is different for us to actually witness um, this trauma, if you will. Um, Dr. Ruggs, we actually have another caller, so we're going to go to the caller um, and see what they have for us this morning. If you're online, the number to get in. Okay, absolutely. I'll definitely get to you as well, Latrice. Um, If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. You have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. Let's go to area code 404-LAST-3187. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good morning, guys. This is Sir Don. I'm calling from Atlanta. Um, So can you hear me? Yes, you're coming through loud and clear, Queen. Thank you for calling in this morning. What you got for us? Absolutely. I was just saying, like, I'm in total agreement and not watching the videos, right? Um, And I get that. But from a psychological standpoint, I'm still broken. I don't watch these videos, but I'm still afraid when I get in my car. I still wake up crying for no reason because I feel like I can't protect my children or my husband or I don't know if this is going to be my last day or if I'm going to be a hashtag. Like, it's so overwhelming to think that or to know that I don't get the same opportunities as somebody because of the color of my skin. Like, the trauma is so much bigger than watching the video. My question is, how do we deal with that? Um, and, and so I'm, so, I'm always looking for uh, support from a licensed psychologist or therapist because I think as a nation, I do believe that black people have PTSD just for being black in America alone. And so how do we deal with that? How do we get support on that issue? Because even if the conditions improve, 
if I still have this fear in me, that's crippling. Because like the other caller said, but I still got to get up. I still got to smile. I still got to wipe my tears when my babies wake up in the morning because I don't want them to see me crying and hurting. I still have to smile in the faces of my customers and pretend like I still have to post positive things on my social media because I run a business. And I'm doing mm-hmm. all of that broken. Like, how do, we, how do we do that? Because I'm not watching the video, but I still feel it. It's still tearing me down. So I respect the idea of not watching the videos and how that impacts us um, and causes further trauma. But we're so deep in the trauma hole. Does the video really like? I don't see. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I, I, mm-hmm. on the other side, I don't know that not watching the video is going to get me any out of the trauma or push me further down into the hole of the trauma that I'm already in. So I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. curious to hear your thoughts on that. And thank you guys for this conversation. Absolutely, Dr. Ross. That is such a great um, comment because, listen, trauma is real, anxiety is real. And even even myself, someone who's trained in it, right, who, who, who did the work to become this psychologist to really understand our, our um, emotional state, this week was hard for me. I, I told you guys earlier, I couldn't be in the presence of white people, and I know that sounds horrible, but I didn't trust myself. Oh, this show it don't, just to throw that out there. But go ahead, Queen. I'm just making that real clear. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, I I just didn't trust what I would say, how I would react. You know, I I ran into um, one of my Asian neighbors and her um, paramour. He's a cop, and he's Muslim. And she said, I can't believe it, and I just unloaded. I just unloaded. I just dented on her before I – even realized it. So I I completely, and at that time I hadn't even watched the video. I hadn't even watched the video at that time. So I completely understand the trauma and the overwhelming fear of, of paralysis, of not knowing what to do. So as a psychologist, I'm always looking at a treatment plan. What are we going to do? How do we move through this? Because if you have a plan, now you have action. If you don't have a plan, you stay stuck. You know, and so for me, um, in times like this, it, it, it is really where you do true, truly get involved in the community and not to make this politically focused, but we have to make our voices heard. Because we can do all the marches we want. We can post all the uh, Facebook posts that we want. But not until we get into the arena where the decisions are made, where legal decisions are made, where law decisions are made, not until we, we put our voice there, things are still going to happen. And so I'm always on the side of, Getting through fear, you have to feel empowered. And so I always encourage people to do what you can in your community to feel empowered. So that means when your city council is having a meeting, show up. When they are having rallies, show up. You can schedule 
an appointment to meet with your city council person to tell them all about your concerns because, after all, that's their job. They need to know your name. They need to know who you are. They need to know what you were feeling in this community because it's their job to go out and be be the advocate for you. But when we sit back, let me, let me, and, if I could, Doctor Roz, let me let me if I could just <laughs> very briefly, um, and and you probably yeah. are going to get here anyway. But I just want to kind of jump in and, and ask ask this of you, if we could circle it back in the sense that I hear. I'm sure done as this caller saying, hey, I'm still kind of in a state of paralysis without even seeing the video. And so mm-hmm. uh, 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 and so in her asking from an individual standpoint, if I'm in paralysis, while, and, and I'm an advocate of what you're talking about right now, getting to the policy, getting to the lawmakers, but that's not going to be what I'm prone to do if I'm still traumatized, even without seeing the video as she's highlighted and so uh, uh in a sense of from your professional viewpoint uh what does that self-care look like for someone like her um before we even jump to go out and talk to the counselors what does self-care look like for someone who's maybe already starting to experience pushing through but still mentally in a state of paralysis what does self-care look like for that individual if if you if you will yeah great point you know sometimes you got to turn it all off you can't you got to turn it off, and you have to take care of yourself. Like on on Monday, I was livid because I think there were four four incidents. Um, the lady in the park, George. Um, there was a preacher who met somebody in a hotel, and they robbed him, and he blamed it on a married preacher. He blamed it on black men, and then the woman mm-hmm. who killed who killed her autistic son threw him in the lake, and then blamed two black men said that they um kidnapped her kidnapped her son and killed herself like she came up with this fabrication so mm-hmm. on monday we were all hit with the weaponization of a race of our race and um it was hard to process and you you have to shut those things down you have to you have to guard your thoughts and when you feel that fear when you feel that anxiety creeping up, you have to get into a space of really making a plan. Like I have I have a trauma plan. I have a trauma plan. And most people don't um don't even really know. So yeah, what so what does that look like plan? for the individual that's maybe yeah, what is those what is what is the steps? Like what is that and, you know, I know it may I know it's gonna vary per individual. I mean naturally it will. Um, but just some idea of what what are some of those steps? That's the I think that's the question at hand. The question at hand is, yeah. you know, okay, have a plan. What what might that look like from a professional point of view, if you will? So the, so my first step, up, my first plan of action is that I dismiss myself from whatever is causing me that anxiety. So if that means I have to cut the TV off, if that means I have to get off social media, that means I have to go meditate. Then that's what I go do. Because, again, I need to be at my best self. I need to be at my best self. And so while I am, I allow myself to experience what it is I'm experiencing, I allow myself to cry, I allow myself to be angry, I allow myself to go through all those emotions. I allow myself to do that. And when I've had my emotional moment, then I shut it off because the rewatching, the news cycle, they keep going on and on and on, that you're only re-traumatizing yourself. You're only getting yourself worked up even more. You're only getting yourself more upset. And so I have to shut that, shut it off. So that's my first line of defense. 
My second line of defense is that now I need to devise a plan. I need to look at the evidence. Is this, how is this affecting me? And what do I have in my willpower to change this? And so the problem is why we feel so, um, why the anxiety comes is because we feel like we have no power in the situation. But we do. We do have power in this situation. We, we, we absolutely do. And, again, and, I, it, and it, it's, it's easier said than done. But your plan of action has to be, how do I protect myself? So does that mean that I have to make sure everything I do is on the up and up? Because, unfortunately, this is the world that we live in. We got to make sure that everything we do is on the up and up. You know, growing up, you you always heard you got to be twice as good. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. So everything you do has to be in order. Everything you do has to be in order because, unfortunately, we are the only community that when we are victimized, we are blamed for being the victim. And what I mean by that is no, that I absolutely it goes understand that. Unfortunately, um, Dr. Roz, we're actually hitting a break right now. I'm going to keep sure done on. Uh, I'm okay. going to go to this quick break. And I, I will throw out, I'm still going to, if you will, I'm challenging you to speak to the individual in a sense um, versus the collective in a sense, because you're absolutely right. These are things that were happening. I'm, I'm, let me say it to you this way. I don't know what to do with it. So what, what did you tell me yeah. personally is kind of the answer that I'm looking for in this situation, if I could kind of point you in a direction coming out of the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think we'll be right back. And Latrice, we're coming to you. we got another caller that's trying to get in. Six four six seven eight seven one six nine is the number to get in. We'll be right back. Big Sis Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com 404-465-4348 Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com Call them at 404-465-4348 Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. Should we watch or avoid videos of blacks being killed? Our special guest is clinical psychologist Dr. Ross. I'm going to have a caller, Shadun, still on the line. Uh, and so, Dr. Ross, if you will, uh, again, I'm begging and pointing you in the direction of, because uh, has a great point by Shadun from this aspect of she doesn't watch the videos. She's still traumatized all the same. Uh, uh, again, obviously, you know, 
Uh, I can imagine for what you do, knowing somebody's personal pre profile, those those recommendations will be personal to them. But just in, in mm-hmm. general, as much as we say uh, we would like for more of our community to get therapy, uh, just to hear individually, what might I do? Because we've had to always keep on keeping on, but here's our reality, and that's getting that's getting harder and harder, as Shadun said, whether we watch the videos or not. So just. To me as the individual, what might I do? Because, like I said, going to the counselor ain't, ain't helping me right now with the way I'm feeling. But, you know, going to the, the council meeting, again, these are steps we need to take collectively. But individually, I ain't ready for that. I'm just, I'm just coming at you in that manner, if you will. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, so, you know, as a, before we got cut off, you know, like definitely what you have to do, you got to experience your emotion because half the time we are trying not to. And that's causing even more issues for us because we're trying to push it aside. We're wearing the mask. And that's creating more. We don't even realize it, but that's creating more distress for us because we are trying to hide what it is that we're feeling. No, feel what you feel. Feel what you feel. The difference is what makes the difference is what you do when you're feeling that way. So you can't be um, destructive when you're feeling that way, if that makes sense. So we saw that last night with the riots. I, I get it. Those kids that were out there last night, they were upset. They were mad. But you can't be destructive because that's not, that, that's not going to help you. So you definitely, in terms of the self-care, feel what you are feeling. Have those emotions. Feel it. Recognize what that feels like in your body. Recognize how that affects how you think. Recognize how that, how that affects how you behave. Be very clear on that. Be very clear on what it is that you're feeling and and expressing those emotions. And like Shadon said, that she, you know, she stops crying in front of her kids. No, you don't have to do that because this is a reality. It's a reality. And I know that we want to protect our youth from some of this reality. But honestly, when you express your emotions, you are teaching your kids how to express their emotions as well. And so hiding it or, or trying to, not let them see you in that way is showing them that they have to cut their emotions off. So, no, have your emotions. That is, that is going to be your first line of defense. Feel how you feel. Have those emotions. Experience all of it. Experience it all. Secondly, when you are in that space, you do need to get professional help. You do. If, if it is crippling you to the point of paralysis, that is the time to reach out to a licensed mental health professional. That is the time to make sure that you are in a space where someone can guide you. Because, again, I, I can give a plan, but it's a general plan would be, yes, go, go seek therapy. That would, that would be the general plan because I don't know your, your experiences of what are making you actually, you know, to the point of paralysis. So my plan is always to look for a moment of empowerment. And even when you are crippled to paralysis, there is always there is always a little green of hope of empowerment. And so you have to look for those situations to where where you feel empowered. So for me, it is working hard in the community. For me, it is being an advocate. For me, it is getting to know the key players, getting to know the key players so that when something comes up, 
and I hate to say this, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but, again, we are the only community that when we are victimized, then we are blamed for our victimization. We're the only community. Mm-hmm. If they start combing through our social media, they start looking for mm-hmm. arrest records, they start finding reasons mm-hmm. of why, of why we, we deserve the treatment that we receive. So you have to be in a place, and, it, and this, it, it sucks, but we have to be in a space of where we are on the up and up. We are on the up and up. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the reality of that is because your character is all that you have. It is all that you have. So your character has to speak for you. So you have to have a plan of really ensuring that when these things happen, and it, and it sucks. You know, my sister was telling me that she had to talk to my six-year-old nephew, struggling, figuring out how to talk to my six-year-old nephew about what's going on in this world. And it sucks. It, it, it sucks that you have to talk to a six-year-old about people may not like you because of your race. But it is the conversation that may keep us alive, that may keep us alive at the end of the day. So you have to have those conversations, and they're hard conversations, but it is the reality. And, and sugarcoating, sugarcoating um, or trying to protect our kids in this process may not be the best thing, and unfortunately. And, and, and normally I would say protect kids from trauma, right? But having mm-hmm. a real conversation with them about what is happening in this world so, and allowing them to express themselves um, right. is, is, one of the, is one of the key things in having that open communication so that you can work through your anxiety. Because if you don't recognize that, it, that it's anxiety, then you don't know what to work through. If you don't recognize the thoughts that you're feeling, then you don't know how to do thought stopping, which is when those negative thoughts come into play about, oh, my God, am I going to die today? Oh, my God, is this going to mm-hmm. happen to me today? Because we all go through it. Let's, and, and this week we all have went through it because of those four incidents that just happened on Monday. We all go through yeah, it. Is, it is it's human nature. It's human nature. But you have to look at the evidence. Am I safe right now? You always have to counteract with the evidence. In this moment, I am safe. In this moment, I am okay. In this moment, nice. I, there is no danger in this moment. And while it is horrible that that is how we mm-hmm. have to live our life, that is what will decrease your anxiety in a situation. So that's how you find it. No, that makes so much sense to hear, like you said, recognize it and even say those things to yourself in the moment for you individually to get you, in a sense, away from that anxiety. I'm not surprised that part of the plan, which is part of the reason we keep saying this about our community, that in these feelings you still should have a professional help in addition because, like you said, what you are going through individually, a professional needs to be able to break that down and understand you to give you tips that are specific to yourself. So I I definitely understand that recommendation. Seek out the professional, especially at times like this, because the trauma, as Shredan so beautifully said, is so real, whether you're watching the videos or not. um, Thank you, Shredan. I'm going to go to Latrice. i got another caller out there as well. Appreciate you. Uh, for sending us down this path, because I think more people needed to hear those things from Dr. Ross. Thank you, Queen, for your three cents this morning. Okay, so um, what I wanted to say, and it kind of ties into what Shredan mentioned, um, 
I had a, a guest speaker at a diversity event a few years ago, Dr. John Fitzgerald Gates, and he opened, and this was after the Alton Sterling um, murder, and he opened by saying that when these types of things happen as a collective community, we all grieve. And that theory is called linked faith, and we experience that in the African-American community because we believe that our individual lives um, are inextricably linked to race as a whole. And it's true. So when we, as a, when we black people watch a video of police violence against another black person, we, see, we seriously, um, we see ourselves or our loved ones in that person's place, and we recognize that that encounter could very well happen to us. And that's something that I experienced this week. Um, when we mm-hmm. look at those images, those images get stuck in our head forever, and we carry that horror around with us. And we we play that in our mind, and that causes stress. It causes fear, frustration, anger, anxiety. It can manifest itself in a, in a, in a physically high blood pressure, heart conditions, eating and sleep disorders. But we also begin to think differently about our our, our world, how they view us. We begin mm-hmm. to feel that our future is limited. And I've experienced this when I've gone to speak at career day. When I go to Cedar Grove High School career day, I have to prepare myself because they view the world, they view their future as very limited. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe that it's the result of seeing people that look like themselves lying in the street murdered by the people that say they are there to protect and serve. When we wa- I don't advocate watching these videos because when we watch these images, they remind us um, that the world views black life as cheap. Um, And I feel that these feelings deepen when the media keeps playing, replaying those videos, those scenes. I turned on the TV yesterday on CNN, and they just kept replaying the image of that officer with his knee on George Floyd's neck. And it was almost Mm -hmm. like death. And when we keep seeing those broken black bodies laying in the street and murdered by police, laid out like roadkill for everyone to see, it's dehumanizing and it's traumatizing and we need to turn away, pull away from it. Also, I think that we can get together and collectively grieve. It's okay because as a collective, we've experienced that linked fate and we need to get together and grieve and and hug and and fellowship to make each other realize that while some may view your life as, as cheap, we love each other, and I think that's where we need to evolve to in this. Now, I love Absolutely. that thought, Latrice. Um, that last part of what you said is just a, basically a recognition of our own worthy, worthiness because we're raised in this American experience, um, as you heard Dr. DeGru say in the first half of the show, uh, that, that experience has raised us to constantly seek our own worthiness and so, yes, fellowshipping in that way is a reminder that, yes, we are worthy despite what we're seeing. In, in, but unfortunately, while we're having this conversation, that's not easy to do. The trauma is real. Um, so absolutely, I love that thought. We all forget another break. I'm just going to a little song, and we'll be right back with our special guest, Dr. Ross, for this morning's discussion question. Should we watch or avoid videos of blacks being killed? Uh, caller will be coming to you out of the break. All I ask is that you think. Seven trees. Barren 
Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. Should we watch or avoid videos of blacks being killed? Our special guest, Dr. Rosalyn Aker Black, as we hear a cut from none other than Nina Simone, Strange Fruit. Perfect segue out of Latrice's thought, the idea of breathing together. Because if we were taking her advice and grieving together, maybe we wouldn't see America, in a sense, burning right now. We mentioned that earlier at the beginning of the show. Uh, That is definitely another form of release, and I think we would all agree would be a better form of release than what our youth are are, are experiencing. Again, that is not a shot at our youth, um, but I love that what you brought to the table, which would be absolutely poignant considering what we are experiencing in, of all times, 2020. we got another caller that wants to get in. Let's get to the caller. If you're out there listening, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. You have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. Area code 678-3037. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hey, good morning. This is Nadia. I'm calling from Metro Atlanta, Snowville, to be specific. Um, first, I just really want to commend both ladies um, for being in the mental health community because we definitely need that representation and we need to help break that stigma. Um, as someone who goes to therapy, um, having a black psychiatrist, having a black therapist, is everything because I don't have to take the time to explain Mm -hmm. it because they Mm -hmm. just get it. And so I Mm -hmm. wanted to really commend you two for that. And I don't remember who said it, 
but someone spoke on most of us not knowing how to process trauma. And Mm -hmm. that's huge because me, me knowing myself and having experienced different levels of trauma is why I purposely choose not to watch these videos. I have not watched any of them, any of them that exist because I know myself and I like you, one of you said, don't trust myself. I will watch Roots. I will watch Amistad. I would watch 12 Years a Slave. And these are mm-hmm. just depictions. And I'll have to de-escalate myself because I know I got to go to work the next day and be around white people. So yeah. I know for myself, watching these videos that are real life things happening today, I, I'm, emotionally I can't do it. And I think that's a huge part of it. It's people on an individual level knowing what they can take and what they can't take. And unfortunately, so many of us don't until we actually experience it. Dr. Roz, Latrice, definitely want to get both of your thoughts um, from my guest caller, Nadia. Go ahead, Dr. Roz. We'll start with you and get Latrice to follow up. Yeah, I mean, that. thank you for that. Thank you for um um, you know, acknowledging the work that we do in this field. But you're absolutely right. We we don't know how to process trauma. Um, and, and, and we don't know what will – the problem with trauma is that we don't know what will trigger, what our triggers will be after a trauma. And so that is what is the hard part. So in terms of mm-hmm. really even trying to come up with a self-care plan, um, it's kind of hard because you don't know an individual's triggers and what's going to get them to the triggers unless you have that individualized therapy session with them and you are getting their background and you're hearing their experiences to where you can formulate a plan for them. And so and for, for people who may not understand what um, a trigger is, say, for instance, um, you're in a, an abusive relationship you get in you get out of that relationship and you get into a new relationship and your new boyfriend or girlfriend does something that reminds you of your old relationship um where you felt like like if they raised their voice and you in the in the abusive relationship you knew a beating was coming afterwards so that is a um trigger so really understanding our triggers and you're you're absolutely right in terms of not watching these videos and not knowing how to process because we don't even understand what our triggers are. And 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 no thought of our own. You don't know what your trigger will be until it happens. And so that is the hard part in trying to mm-hmm. help someone process through their trauma because we have to do we have to look at all the evidence of what are the triggers that are leading to the maladaptive behavior. So I do want to leave your audience with this if if um, possible. Um, In the psychological world, we function around this idea of the cab effect. Um, And so for people who study um, CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, I'll explain a little bit about what that is. So the C stands for cognition. So that's our thoughts, the way we process information, how we take information in. A stands for affect. That's our feelings and that's our emotional state. And then the B is simply for behavior. So our thoughts influence our feelings, and our thoughts and our feelings influence our behavior. So if we have negative thoughts, 
we're going to have negative feelings, we're going to have negative behavior. We have positive thoughts, we're going to have positive feelings, we're going to have positive behavior. The thing is, is that we don't sit around and we, we don't assess our thoughts. We really just know that there's a problem when our behavior suggests that there's a problem. We've done something that's literally gotten us in trouble legally or we've done something um, that has caused disruption in those around us. And so if we were to getting to a place, and this is another way of somewhat kind of managing that trauma and managing that anxiety, is really evaluate your thoughts. What are you thinking? Because we all know how we feel. We, we, you know, we've all had that moment where we wake up um, one day and we're like, you know, it's just not my day today, or I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, mm-hmm. when in reality mm-hmm. we haven't. You know, it's the same side of the bed we wake up on every single day. But there's something about how we're feeling on this day that we woke up. If we do an examination of our thoughts, then we can understand why we feel that way, and then we can understand how we can manage those behaviors better. And so I say all that in terms of managing the anxiety, is that if you manage your thought life, then you can manage your anxiety for those who, um, who I mean, they're, they're – people who just don't believe in therapeutic services. And, I, you know, let's just be real about that. So I offer you this because I don't want you out here in this world hurting, not being able to find a way to process without, you know, if you choose to do it without professional help or you're afraid to go see a professional, this is one way that you can kind of manage your anxiety. Just really start evaluating your thoughts and look at the evidence of, of your thoughts. Like, is the evidence real? Like, as I was speaking of earlier in terms of am I safe in this moment? Am I okay in this moment? Am I, am, am I breathing? Am I alive? Is, is everything okay with me in this moment? And you can kind of stop that negative um, thought process from becoming negative feelings and then turning into negative behavior. I hope that helps. No, nah, thank you. No, no, it does help. It, I thank you very much. I want to get Latrice's thoughts on this, um, but it triggers something I'd heard, and you probably can speak, uh, just you know, maybe confirm it if you will. But I've heard an aspect of, um, like, you know, maybe we have fifty to seventy thousand thoughts a day, or something like that. Is that mm-hmm. is that a, is that a relatively correct number, or something to that effect? That I think I've heard in the past. Does that sound right? Uh, maybe I'm exaggerating yeah, the number. It's okay, so anyway, with, uh, so I just wanted to know that I was kind of in the ballpark. So from what I've understood and learned about what you, the very thing you're talking about, monitoring thoughts, uh, in having that many, in having that number of thoughts, we'll use fifty thousand for for you know just for an easy number. The truth is, uh, uh, what I understand about almost ninety percent of them will be the exact same thoughts we always have. So mm-hmm. if those so mm-hmm. if forty thousand of those thoughts are the thoughts that we're gonna have every day, whether as you say we're going about our day really not thinking about our thoughts because we do this kind of subconsciously now, but if forty thousand of your thoughts are negative thoughts, that is the exact reason why you like you said, the behavior it could be one personal. It doesn't even have to go all the way to I've gotten into trouble with the law or I'm hurting mm-hmm. others, just even things we want to work on personally, it is all derived back to a thought from what I understand. Latrice, um any thoughts about on what Nadia said or Dr. Roz? Go ahead, Queen. Um, what we consume, we believe. And so whether it's fictional stories on TV, whether it's um, these horrible videos, what we consume is what we believe. And I think it's important that we not consume 
too much negativity, particularly as it relates to how our world views black people um, because we are an amazing community of people, um, mm-hmm. but society doesn't always see us that way. And we have to limit the intake of negativity. So watching Roots can contribute to negative thoughts, negative behaviors, feelings of lack of self-worth, um, because these things, that show they show us how we as a people have been dehumanized and traumatized through the centuries, through the ages. And, and I love the movement that we have going on now where we are learning to collectively love ourselves. I love that black women are okay with their natural hair and are not trying to conform to the way mainstream society says we need to be. So we need to continue that trend. And one way to ensure that we do that is to limit the consumption of the negative views that society has on us or how um, it's important that we understand our history, but it's also important that we not be immersed so completely in that history if we are to have a, a path forward from this. Now, it makes sense. Thank you so much, Nadia, uh, for your thoughts. We are up against the break. Uh, Latrice, as serious as this show has been, I'll tell you the thought that I, the only thing I heard you just say is, why the hell nobody should be watching Love and Hip Hop? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got I to gotta bring a little light to this show because this was a heavy one, right? So that's all I heard you say is what we consume, negativity, and what we see about ourselves. Uh, you know what I mean? Not that you want to, you know, cut off somebody else's bag, but it's it's about time that uh, Shani stopped getting all that money for love and hip hop, uh, if you will. Uh, I'm sorry. Go I ahead, Chris. I was traumatized by love and hip hop. I was getting my hair done, and it was crochet braid. So that's a that's a long process. So I was there four hours, and it was a love and hip hop marathon, and I had never seen the show before. So I was mortified when I was watching. So you walked out of the out of the hair shop like, what in the hell did I just see? And you know, I love the way she did my hair, but I never went back. Wow. <laughs> wow. So see, I told you that's all I got out of what you said. All right, let me go to this break and then see if any other caller wants to get in. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. The Money Motivation brand currently exists. It's a, it's a success in lifestyle clothing brand. Uh, primarily, and it was created uh, because we saw the demand, and it was created in 2017, and we saw the demand for uh, the self-made modern entrepreneur, business leader, high achiever. Um, There was a gap in a prominent streetwear brand that really embodied their journey. So I wanted to take that concept and create a clothing brand that could embody that with a mission that's very simple, which was to inspire a life of excellence and freedom. Uh, to promote independent thinking, hard work, taking risks, uh, having a relentless commitment to what you do and a uh, never-giving-up type attitude. Those are all hallmarks of, hallmarks of the brand. And the product line consists of premium T-shirts, outerwear, headwear, accessories, canvas prints, and the like. But there's also a media aspect to this, which dovetails into this podcast actually being created where I really want to help people be successful in business and build businesses and wealth and be able to enjoy it while they're here as well as build it for future generations. But it's about being able to live a life of autonomy 
and that's been a big part of my motivation to be uh, in the financial industry and also have a brand that can represent that. So the hope is this can influence people to think differently. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Love to highlight the fact that the Money Motivation are one of our sponsors. Uh, we have started a new podcast. Look for that next Thursday. Uh, definitely follow us on Facebook at Mental Dialogue or on IG at Mental underscore Dialogue. Keep up with uh, that podcast on the Mental Dialogue platform. The Money Motivation is a unscripted view into the game of business and money as I talk to black millionaires, these brothers think entirely different than what I've ever been used to. I enjoy moderating their conversations, but it is literally an inside eavesdrop into how our wealthy think in our community. Love, I love doing these shows. You can find them on Blog Talk Radio. If you have Stitcher, Spotify, and Find Mental Dialogue, you'll see episodes, the past episodes, but we do have another episode coming up next week. wanted to highlight that. If you have a product or service you would like to get out, to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me directly at 404-604-9477 or DM me in on any other social media platforms as well. Uh, we definitely need your support for you as individuals. Mentaldialogue.com. Let me say that again, mentaldialogue.com. If you are interested in keeping, as I call us, the return of intelligent radio on the air, your individual support, uh, supports this uh, this podcast. I do not do it for free, so your support is definitely necessary if you think this is what we're doing is important work. Uh, my special guest co-host is Latrice Ross. Our special guest is Dr. Ross. Uh, getting over in our last segment of should we watch or avoid videos of blacks being killed? Uh, I love where this conversation has went uh, all morning, if you will. We'll start with you again uh, as our special guest, Dr. Ross. Really just any thoughts um, that you, in a sense, want to bring to the table at this point as we are in our last segment. Uh, again, for the callers that are out there, please press 1 if you're trying to get in on this discussion. Um, go ahead, Queen. Thank you again for being with us this morning. You know, I just want to offer to your um, to your listeners to, to really just just take care of yourself and, and really practice self-care, practice mindfulness techniques, meditate, Pray, whatever it is that you do that is your self-care, that's healthy, do that. That is what we need in this time right now. That is what's going to decrease your anxiety right now. Take care and make sure your babies are okay. Take care of your babies too because they're frightened by this as well. And I also um, never like to leave uh, an appearance without offering some type of resource so I just want your listeners to know that in any city that they are in, they can dial 211 and they can receive all type of resources, housing, social services, you name it, mental health services, they can receive it. I think it's funded. Um, I think the number 211 is funded by the United Way. Um, so if you are in a space where you are um, having some difficulties, 
there are resources out there. The bravest thing you can do for yourself is to reach out for help. And so if you are in that space where you need it, definitely dial 211 in your city so that you can find out what your local resources are. And thank you so much for having me on the show. Nah, nah, we've been wonderful, and uh, we still have a few minutes. Um, but I, I'm actually absolutely excited to hear about that resource. Something as simple as that. Uh, in, in my in, in my entire lifetime, I'm I'm not familiar with just simply two one one. I think that is something to absolutely denote. Uh, again, we are meant to dialogue, and me not knowing that, I feel almost embarrassed. Um, that it is something as simple as, again, as you say, finding out what the resources might be. I can only imagine something as simple as a 211 could be a lifesaver for many or plenty, uh, you, know, you know, from time to time. We have been fortunate um, as a community club, because that's what we call ourselves, the Mental Dialogue Community Club. We have been fortunate to even assist members and non-members with resources based on building that cadre of resources. Um, you know, just so you know, Dr. Roz, you are now included, uh, you know, although you may not be in the Atlanta area. Um, again, we are a national show, never know where that may be needed. Uh, and, and we definitely like to serve, um, uh, you know, as, as as we now say, the Mental Dialogue Community Club, real people real connection. So that is absolutely beautiful that you bring that resource to the table. Um, Latrice, um, any thoughts? And it could be anything, anything that we haven't touched on. Uh, I, I think the absolutely sentiment here is the idea of not actually watching the trauma. I'm very thankful for the Nisha answer done. This even mentioned the idea of the trauma exists even whether we watch or not. Uh, I, I think we've, uh, you know, we've definitely made the case of it definitely doesn't help to watch, if you will. I think I think that's clearly understood, at least, you know, amongst all of us. If you're out there listening and you still find it necessary to watch, I want to hear that thought. Why would you, why do you feel it's necessary? We're not going to go against you. It's just something, you know, sense that we want to understand. Uh, in reference to the, uh, it, you know, and I'll stay way back to you, Latrice, when I, you know, kind of being laughing about the idea of watching that, uh, um, you know, love and ha- hip-hop and that type of drama, it's even getting a grasp and a whole just just as a thought to put out there of why we enjoy taking in that level of drama. Just to even give thought to that, um, is, as Dr. Roz beautifully pointed out, getting back to those subconscious thoughts. If if you have a appetite for that, it is something to think about because, as we heard Dr. DeGruy mention earlier that we make space for these depictions of ourselves. Like, and and, and to, further, uh, to further go into a little further of what she was talking about, because I just played a cut of what she was talking about, she had literally, before she got to that point, had laid out that here's how white people are taught to look at us. And then she segues and says, but yet we learn these very same things. So then we find ourselves reinforcing the stereotypes end up getting us in some of these very situations that that we're talking about, not getting us in these situations because of something we've done wrong, but the situations existing because we fortified these negative concepts of ourselves and, and and to unfortunately subconsciously seek out the drama of a love and hip hop, we don't even realize that we are reinforcing it. Last thing I'll say, and I'll turn it over to you, Latrice, is I remember one time living in a family's basement, uh, you know, just for a short period of time, and I took, you know, I love children, so um, the young daughter, you know, we have a good time together, but I was devastated that the only thing that stayed on 
TV at the time was uh, the Kardashians and Love and Hip Hop. That's when I got exposed. And, and, and unlike yourself, for, for that brief period that I was with them, as much as I'm telling everybody, be careful of what you consume, I found myself, instead of going straight to the basement, stopping and watching Love and Hip Hop, and I couldn't believe what I saw. I literally had to write a piece to, to get away from it. I had to write about I can't believe what I've been watching over the past few months and that this that this stuff now is considered okay based on what I was seeing on that show. So I had to mm-hmm. write about it to get away from it. Go ahead, Latrice. Thank you again for being on the show this morning. Um. I just like to say that it's um it's important that we um we understand that of course the seriousness of what happened but we we not become consumed by it don't watch the videos instead you know use that time use that energy use that effort to be practical put together you know if we get together determine how we can practically strategically shift the dynamic and stop these kinds of things from recurring over and over and over again. Um, with the onset of cell phones, I'm, you know, I, I don't think that it's happening more. I just think that we, are, we have access to what's happening quickly mm-hmm. and more accurately. Um, and so because we are in this age of microwave information, we also have to have a way, an outlet. And I advocate, I believe that every black person in this country needs to be in therapy simply by virtue of being born in a black body and living in an oppressive mm-hmm. society. So if you are not in therapy, you should be finding your way to one as quickly as possible. And I know many in our community don't have health insurance and don't have access to those tools, but there may be resources such as 211, um, which is a United Way program that can provide you with access to those resources. No, absolutely. And let me shout out, because um, I ended up doing a video just yesterday morning. I uh, felt compelled to do it. Let me shout out Darnella Fraser. That's the 17-year-old sister who actually recorded George Floyd's unfortunate demise for us to all know about it and hopefully get justice on these officers. Uh, hopefully that is something we seek out of this. Um, but just a shout-out to that young sister because, unfortunately, she's dealing with those, because, you know, just to mention this very briefly, um, but she's dealing with those who are now, as you see, floating around the social media, the idea of don't record me, help me, don't record me, help me. And so she's torn between whether she could have done more and things of that nature. And I just want to shout that sister out and say, nope, you are a hero. Um, Black Lives Matter is the reason more young people are emboldened to record the police. It is a legal right, uh, but our generation would not typically did not do it. We didn't grow one. We didn't raise go up with cell phones, and since we didn't, we are not going to be um, prone to understand that there's a law that says we can. And so, you know, shout out to Black Lives Matter in the sense that young people are emboldened to, in a sense, watch the cops, if you will. Um, I still say that that is enough. I don't want to see, for example, a young lady going a step further, you know, a step further and trying to step in. That is not something I would recommend. I'm not a big fan of that sentiment. I won't go hard here. Um, Dr. Roz, again, thank you for being with us. I'm going to give you the last thought. we got about a minute to go, so if you want to give out any contact information for yourself as well, please share that with our audience as well. Thank you so much, Queen. You have been wonderful this morning. Oh, thank you so much, and thank you for having this important conversation. It is so, so needed. And and we got to, you know, we got to take care of ourselves in the best way that we can, and you have to come up with your own self-care regimen. 
because I don't, you know, unfortunately don't know what you need, but you know what you need. You are the expert on you. And so really just sit and have those moments with yourself of what do I need to do to take care of me right now in this moment. And if not watching the videos is all you can do, then that's, that's amazing. Um, guys, I can be reached. My website is imdrroz.com. That's um, D-R-R-O-Z.com. And I'm on all social media as um, Dr. Roz Aker Black. So D-R-R-O-Z-A-K-E-R-B-L-A-C-K. And thank you so much for having me again. It's been my pleasure this morning to um, discuss this important topic with your listening audience. All right. See y'all next Saturday. Thank you, Dr. Ross. Thank you, Latrice. All I ask is that you think.